You're listening to Your Marriage Aways, the wedding planning podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Marriage Awaits, the wedding planning podcast. Today is the start of a two-part episode and I'm very excited to bring to you the lovely Amy Ryan from Ryan Beauty Co. She is a hair and makeup artist but also an educator in the wedding space and she has some incredible information and stories to share with you. I am going to pass it over to Amy. She's going to tell you a little bit about herself and then we'll jump into the episode. Hey, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is very exciting for us. I um, Just a real quick dot about me so everybody knows where I come from. Um, I've, been a, uh, I've been serving brides for 17 years. So I've been doing hair and makeup for about 17 years. Uh, I've been doing specifically more bridal hair for the last seven years. I have dabbled in all sorts of beauty treatments over the time, uh, but really First and foremost, brides have been my absolute favourite people to deal with. So this here and brings me to my current business, which is uh, predominantly well, predominantly now is just a wedding hair service. But up until now, I'm still serving brides for hair and makeup currently. Um, but I have sort of shifted into the space of educators. So I do a lot of wedding, like well, I do a lot of makeup lessons for individuals. So a lot of brides will continue to see me after the wedding day and we work on their signature style. So yeah, I could go on and on. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's so cool. I remember when I got my makeup done and I was like, how do I do this myself? Like, how do I look like this How again? do you replicate that look? Yes. <laughs> what a cool thing to do. And you have an incredible podcast as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I do. I think we launched it around about the same time this year. So um for me, I feel like uh, we're a small nation. Um, we have lots of international influence when it comes to, you know, makeup knowledge. Goodness, it's a multi-billion dollar business, um, makeup. So it's really overwhelming. And I just wanted to bring accessibility back. You know, I just wanted to make myself accessible to people, make my knowledge accessible to people um, and, and let people you know, be able to ask sort of any question they liked, but also bring to them all the questions I get asked. So I decided to start a podcast on top of just sharing general advice on my social media platforms. And I, yeah, just decided um, unveiling bridal beauty was a really great way to showcase um, lots of bridal treatments or skin, makeup, uh, hair treatments for the upcoming bride. Because in New Zealand, we do... We have um, very few big events where the Kiwi gal likes to get herself all, you know, beautiful for, uh, and sometimes it is quite overwhelming. So if I can make that a little bit easier for someone, uh, that's what the plan was. Absolutely. And what a good excuse to get your skin and your hair wedding ready, photo ready, uh, than the best day of your life celebrating with all your friends. I love that. We had lots of um, people commenting when they knew you were coming on the pod about um, like, how the heck do you even prepare for the wedding day? And I know that is such a huge question, um, but 
if you're thinking about it from like a skincare perspective, I know in my own mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got microdermabrasions. You've got all of these things that like people push to you and, and, um, you just see on billboards and you're like, okay, well, maybe I should give that a go. What advice do you have for brides or grooms that are thinking, gosh, I really want to get on top of my skincare, but where do I even start? Mm. Yeah, it is a very broad question. And this is exactly why I have the podcast. So first and foremost, check my podcast out because uh, there are going to be many, many more, but there are already some really great speakers on there that will um, advise you about a lot of these uh, popular treatments. So when it comes to your skin, um, first and foremost, our skin changes. It's hormonal. Uh, it's weather dependent. Um, so even if your skin's just absolutely perfect at one time of the year, come time for your wedding day, it could have changed quite a bit. So I think the best thing is to get some professional advice. You know, um, please don't get your advice from you know, YouTube or, I mean, it's great to absorb lots of different things, but it can be overwhelming. So try and stick to someone that you feel like you can trust um, and then seek a skin specialist, somebody that is not just trying to sell you, you know, the latest trend. Um, it really does need to be specific and, you know, really bespoke to your skin type. Um, I think that in terms of your question about how to prepare your skin, um, if you reverse it and you think what the end result you want. So when it comes to makeup, you want your makeup to sit quite flawlessly across the skin. A lot of people want a, um, a glowy finish, not too glowy. You don't want to look like you're sweating, um, <laughs> but a glowy sort of dewy, that seems to be quite popular. I mean, it also makes us look youthful. So dry skin uh, and wedding day makeup, which is designed to last, you know, 16 hours um can actually be really bad so the idea is hydration 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 but when you go and see a skin specialist they're going to say to you okay this is how we're going to get more hydration into your skin it's not just a matter of applying a moisturizer every day of course we have to do the basics maintenance but there are some treatments and some incredible like advanced treatments such as bbl and moxie laser treatments which are very new kim k um, approved and um, these ones, these will take away pigmentation. They just, it, there are just something, there's just a lot of advanced techniques that you can use to basically let your skin absorb more of that moisture. So on the day, we want nice hydrated skin, nice smooth surface. It's almost like painting a canvas, right? We want a nice smooth canvas if that's what we're going for. And uh, the makeup will just glide on. Yes. Yeah, gorgeous. It's funny when I think of my role as the photographer and I'm always so amazed watching makeup artists do their thing. Like I obviously see all of the people before they get their makeup done and you see all those different, like you said, the different pigmentations, um, different textures, the way that makeup sits on everyone's face is so different. So I loved what you said before about like, don't listen to your best mate because your best mate has different skin. What they're doing and what works for them is not going to work for mm -hmm. you. So go and see a professional. Talk to it. Uh, talk to them about your goals, what you're wanting to achieve, what the end, you know, thing is for you. And then you're going to have such a better time and, and a more directive idea of kind of where you're going with your skincare you're plan. Feel, I love that. That's cool. Not, I, I am sorry, you're not guilty. Gonna... I haven't really been... Uh, 
very looking after my skin. And I'm, now I'm like, okay, like the last year, I'm like, okay, be nice to yourself, Nicole. You're getting old. <laughs> I mean, it's forever changing. Um, I think the key for a lot of people is that they don't want to waste a lot of money on something that doesn't work for them. Now, I'm not going to say that going to see a skin specialist is going to, um, you know, eliminate any waste in money because sometimes you'll try a product, it may not work out for you. It may not provide the results that you're looking for. So you do have to be open-minded and somewhat, you know, invest in and finding the, the right balance of product. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you follow that professional's lead. Um, you know, if something isn't working for you, let them know, let them know what the actual thing, what happened. <laughs> what was it? Oh, it actually dried my skin out a bit. Okay, let's try something right. new. So if some of our listeners are thinking, oh, I don't normally wear a lot of makeup, does that mean I have to wear a lot of makeup on the wedding day? What would you say to those brides? It's a great brides? question because um, that is commonly what I get asked. Uh, I think when you're looking around for your makeup inspiration, so let me get to that as well because they've got lots of great tips for that. Um, but when you're looking for a makeup inspiration, uh, quite often we're looking at some places like Instagram, we're looking at Pinterest, um, uh, probably they're the main two, uh, I would say. And my advice is to always go looking a little bit broader than that because when you're looking at those two platforms, quite often they're doctored and edited and made to look super, super flawless. And uh, the reality is, you know, like the makeup isn't a true reflection of how much that person's wearing. So, yes. So, yeah, key is number one, get that skin correct. Then, second of all, you're going to need less makeup. Because if we have to cover um, pigmentation or redness, you're going to need more coverage. An experienced professional wedding makeup artist is going to have incredible product that can do that without making it feel thick or cakey or any of those yucky words that you've associated with heavy makeup in the past. Um, almost, I, I think everybody that's ever left me has said they can't feel the makeup on their face. It should not feel like yeah, you're well. wearing the makeup, but your skin should look flawless, right? So in terms of wearing it for a wedding day, it is a different day. You are obvious, Obviously, you're going to be in the morning getting ready, and then you potentially are feeling a bit nervous about meeting your partner at the aisle. You then celebrate with people. People are kissing you. Uh, you might be getting warm or cool or wet, hopefully not wet. Um, and then you have quite a long time, then you're going to be eating, then you're going to be dancing, hopefully. So there's quite a lot of, that's a lot of wear out of makeup. So if you imagine your everyday makeup going into the office or something, that, that's got different requirements. So the makeup for a wedding day needs to stay. It needs to have this, you know, I say 16-hour wear, but... Some of my friends have woken up the next day and said it looks the same. I'm like, you should have washed, you should have washed it off. But anyway, um, you know, so it really is designed to stay on a long time and look picture perfect. So that's 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 an advantage. But at the same time, uh, you just have to be aware of that and have an open mind. Yes, I am going to have to wear some makeup. It doesn't have to be thick. It doesn't have to have super super, you know, lots of coverage. But quite often the popular looks that you'll see at the moment, certainly at the moment, very, very glamorous. A lot of the words um, I see are, you know, soft glam, um, which is fine. Never, ever look for, I mean, it's hard. Soft glam, it's just, there is quite a lot of makeup to that look. And we sort of completely remove all of your natural 
um, colorings and then add them all back in. Um, that way it stays for the day, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think that's sometimes what confuses people because lots of artists will use different words to describe the style and the way that they do their makeup. So if I said soft glam to you, that might look completely different to someone else that will do a soft glam and you might look very different. So what what advice would you give to people who are wanting and they have a visual in their mind, this mm. is what I want? How do you pull that out from them? How do you get them to describe it when they don't really know what it Pitches. is they're talking about? Pictures, you need as many pictures as possible. Um, I ask for five makeup and five of hairstyling. We should talk about hairstyling soon, but um, with makeup, I ask for five. And I want the person in the picture to have the same skin tone as you, potentially the same face shape as you if you're really, you know, dedicated. Um, same hair colour, um, similar face shape in terms of eye shape, brow shape, anything uh -huh. like that. I'm looking for you to look for similarities in pictures of people that you think you look similar to. Don't show me a okay, picture great. of someone that is completely different skin tone, completely different head shape or face shape. Uh, the body shape's not so important. It's more just that face. Um, and then I want you to have at least five. And then we break it down. In fact, with makeup, it could be 10. Like, I don't care. I'd rather look through 10 pictures and visualize what it is that you're looking at than you try and explain to me what it is you're looking for. And I know that I've missed the fact that obviously you've got to go looking for these things. So the the only way around it really without using search words like soft glam or natural or whatever natural is a big word um you <laughs> just need to browse browse all the wedding magazines browse the online publications look at real weddings look at real people um i have to say from a hair and makeup point of view um, bless you photographers, but we need more up-close photos. We need some images yes. of like these beautiful bride's faces and their hair up in detailed shots because quite often we've got these beautiful like amazing wedding photos on the hills or, you know, from a distance with the dress and all the things combined. But I, I know that all of us here as stylists and, and makeup artists really want some more close-ups. Um because then that helps other brides find the look that they, that they uh, you know, aspire to have. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a great, I mean, that's a great tip for me, <laughs> but also for our listeners. So go through, if you've already chosen a photographer, like go through their blog or their portfolio, look at the weddings that they've shot and go and look at those getting ready photos, all of those close-ups of, you know, the bride getting those final touches on her lips. Then you can really see the work of that artist, but you can also see kind of all the different styles that people go for. Because obviously on a wedding day, you're trying to elevate yourself you don't want to look like someone new you know you want your partner to recognize you walking down the aisle but you want to be the best version of of yourself so it sounds like a great way to um find that inspiration and kind of know what you are looking for that's wonderful um when it comes to the actual like your role is it about the application or the products that you use that make it last mm, that long definitely so you the application and the technique is hands down what makes a professional professional uh, we're practicing on different faces every day we uh we have I mean after 17 years of experience and I don't just as well like back in the day you, you work on a counter and the reason you work on a counter is because you get to access so many people's faces and skin types and you that's where you learn so if there's any budding hair or makeup artists listening to this as well 
please, if you're interested in, in makeup, go and get a job on a counter. Even if it's part-time, you will learn so much, um, not only about the brand and formulas and products, but, you know, you will actually, yeah. So th that's really important because um, when we are educating ourselves and looking at YouTube or looking at, I've got nothing against YouTube, I love it, but you are looking at a lot of people that quite often are just doing their own faces a lot, you know, so that's a big pool of people if you think how many people in the world are doing makeup demos on themselves um, to try and, you know, replicate. So the difference is technique for sure um, and product, yes and no, like there's some beautiful product that you can buy um, from the pharmacy. Um, it's about, a, it's just figuring out what works for your skin type. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're hiring that professional to use their skills and their talents that hopefully they've gained mm. over so many years with all those different face faces that they've been working on. What would you say for um, people that are listening that maybe have more mature skin um, that are maybe nervous about wrinkles or a bit more texture showing up in their wedding photos mm, and mm. on the wedding day. So I love my mature brides. They're my some of my favourite people to do. And you know why? Because, well, I'm not going to say all of them are this way, but a lot of these are second weddings. Um, but also they have been alive long enough to know that skin changes and they're also very willing and open to making whatever adjustments they need to do to make this work for both of us so that we can get this awesome result. So um, I love a mature bride. I love, I mean, let's just, just, I need to be brutally honest. If you want to get rid of wrinkles, there is really only one option, uh, and that is Botox. Um, if you want to reduce the fine lines, sure, you can do a, a, a program of advanced treatments through your skin therapist um, in, com in combination with a really good home routine and retinol. So there's lots of um, product that you can use, but I would highly recommend that you have a balance. If wrinkles are your concern, I have got many people that you can talk to. Go to my podcast and listen to some of the episodes I've already got on Botox um, because you can learn more about there and some really amazing people that can guide you in the right direction. But... Um, you know, for your wedding day, we would try to avoid build up of product in the area that's wrinkling. So um, that usually is around the smile lines, um, sometimes around the mouth area. So um, the, the two lines that come from the nose down to the sides of the mouth, that's a special name for that, I forget. Um, but those lines, sometimes it can capture a bit of product. And so faces are supposed to move, you know, like they are, They we, this is how we talk and smile and show emotion. So on your wedding day, you still want that. Um, so the key is just maintenance and having a really, uh, you know, open mind about the fact that you might need to do a little touch up later that day. And so there's an offering that I used to offer where I would stay for the bride to do a touch-up after her ceremony and her photos so that she can come. So oh, wow. I would hang around and then when she's finished her portraits or, what, you know, whatever they were doing or fur socks or whatever, we could reset all the makeup. Um, so there's, there's services like that out there. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. I've definitely photographed weddings where uh, a member of the wedding party has been a makeup artist and they kind of like jump in and, and fix up. If if our listeners don't have a wonderful person like that on their team, what kind of things can we be thinking of during the day if maybe those lines are starting to show? What kind of things should we have in our in our kit to, to help out? I know um, I'm just trying to think. I'm like... Uh, Usually someone comes in with a sponge or like some powder or something. I don't know. I don't know anything about makeup. You're you're... (laughs) not a dishcloth. I would say for a touch-up kit, it would be great to have some Q-tips. Q-tips are obviously not ideal for the environment, but for on your wedding day, they're essential. Q-tips, tissues kind of are a bit thick, can actually remove a bit of makeup. So uh, we used to split tissues. It seems a bit advanced, but... Um, really, really just something to soak up oil. So you can buy something called blot paper, uh, blot powder. So it's a colorless powder that you can just um, puff on the face just to reduce any shine because sometimes we get shiny around the nose and the chin area. Um, and what else would you have in there? You'd have a lip, well, you may have a lip um, brush pottle depends on your artist, whether you bought a whole size, full size, or whether you have a little... Um, you know, a scraping of it for the day. Um, what else did I put in there? Oh, peppermints. That's kind of not on topic, but I do put pep- peppermints in there. And, yeah, so it's just a really, just something to reduce the shine, touch up lippy, especially if it's bright. And your eye makeup is pretty much, like, solid. Like, I don't see, these days I don't hear or see of any problems with anyone's eye makeup running or anything like that oh and a really really hot tip okay if you have not if you have not ever experienced a tube mascara you need to go and buy one you've got to buy a tube mascara it's great for life it's great for your wedding day it'll change your life okay so yes there's going to be way better mascaras in terms of volume and like all these wonderful claims when it comes to tube mascara it is waterproof smudge proof crumble proof proof and the next day no panda eyes so you don't need to use an eye makeup remover you just soak your eyes with a little bit of warm water and you pinch your lashes and it comes off in tubes seen this on tiktok because it like goes yeah, all the way around yeah, each like, like individual each lash. lash i mean that's very you have to be looking very closely there like that but uh yeah, it's yeah. the ease <laughs> it's also so um let's say you were um, on your wedding day and you just got super emotional and you started blubbering and you're like <laughs> um, really crying and the warm, oily tears were getting in the way. You know, worst case, I mean, that's not going to take that off, but let's just say that happened and it did get watery. Then you could just pull it off and reapply it and it wouldn't make a mess on your face. So as an absolute backup plan, which no one's ever needed, you could do that. Yeah. 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 I bet there's people listening going, or oh, my God, I'm the crier. you might get thrown in a pool or something <laughs> like, at the end of the night. I don't know. You might go jump in the pool with your husband. <laughs> your eye makeup, your mascara, sorry, would probably come off because it's water, right? So it's water-based. It's water based. So, um, but, so you just pull it off and then you could just go apply some more. It's so good. That is so cool. I need to try it. Okay. This is, I'm going shopping now. This is going to be a dangerous episode. (laughs) Oh, good. We'll put the link in the, um, in the show notes so people can find it. (laughs) 
Okay, so before we jump into talking a bit more about hair, let's answer some of these questions that we had on Instagram about makeup. So how important is it to do a makeup trial Uh, with your artist? (laughs) Is that all I can say? (laughs) No, it's essential because... I mean, I'm just going to clarify something for you, and this is um, you will still find people that call it a trial, but a trial is when uh, it's a term, it's an old school term, trials. We don't trial out good hair and makeup artists anymore. You have the, this is, we used to trial before you could meet someone uh, or see them on social media or they had a website or you saw any of their work or had a, you know what I mean? It was just word yeah. of mouth and probably through like an Avon lady or through, you know, the phone a, book. local hair salon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. So a trial is kind of redundant. Like people might call it a trial, but there really are previews. So the idea for a preview, aka trial, is that we need to practice that look on you. That doesn't mean that am I going to be good for you or not? Because by that point, you've actually probably invested in that person. So um, my advice prior to getting a preview or booking somebody is just to do your online research, look at your social media pages, um, look at their reviews, go to Google, see if they've got Google reviews, um, Facebook reviews. Um, I'm a little bit anti the wedding discussion groups, and I'll tell you why, because I do feel like there's some negativity around those groups. And so it's a shame because it should just be a positive environment. But warning someone off um, a certain person or something like that just doesn't sit well with me. I think that, you know, just be led by good examples and good reviews and that will lead you to good places. Um, But once you've booked somebody and you want a preview, the idea is to practice your look. Usually you're only going to get one look because, let's face it, it can take an hour to an hour and a half to do a practice because we're chatting. We're getting to know each other. We need to know all about each other. Um, a trial or a preview uh, can take place any time leading up to your wedding. It really depends on how much lead time you have. Personally, I like to do it within four weeks of the wedding, so I won't even see you until then. But we communicate heaps between then, between when you book and when you have your preview. Um, but sometimes I have international, uh, returning home brides. And so I will quite often have to do that the week before, or sometimes they're visiting months prior and I'll do it then. So it's just, we just work in with you. I mean, there's so many benefits to also, if you're quite an anxious person, it's like, oh, okay, now I know what I'm going to look like. And I can ask questions. Oh, could we change this a little bit? You know, if you're really quite particular about your own face, you, you can kind of be guided by your artist and, and, and have those discussions with them in a non-stressful. Absolutely. And just on that as well, like, you know, you're, you're, this, this goes for, hair as well if you have a trial or preview I'm going to call it preview from here on in um if you have your preview booked way too early you don't even sometimes know what your dress looks like you don't know what the your vibe is like you haven't made enough decisions and there's nothing worse than having an early preview and then being like yeah I've changed my mind about all of that you know like and then you're very often left with more confusion um some people do like to have an early one because they do want to meet you, but they have booked and paid and all that sort of thing. Um, and that's fine and I'm open to that. It's not a problem. But I would recommend doing um, <clears throat> an additional 
and it would be an additional cost. That's smart because like you said, skin changes. In a year, you could be working on your skin and then it's going to look super different those four weeks before. So it's the makeup's going to sit differently. Um, one of the tips that I always give to my couples, and again, it depends on the artist as well, is if you are having your preview done, you could then book your engagement shoot or have a date night. So like make the most of it. Like you're, you've got this gorgeous mm -hmm. face. Why not take it out? on the It's a great idea. Yeah, you've got hen's do's and bachelor bachelorettes or you've got uh, the bridal shower, which yes. I think are two different things. A bridal shower and a hen's do should be different. Um, and then you've got your engagement shoot. You might have an engagement shoot with your photographer or you might have an engagement party. Um, yeah, so there's lots of other ways. Or just go on a date night with your, your man. You don't have to yeah. tell him that it's your bridal <laughs> look. Yeah. Um, one of the questions we had from Instagram around both hair and makeup is should you have one person that can do both? Should you hire separate people? Can you talk to that a little bit? I know it's kind of going to change a little bit depending on how large your wedding party is, um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think, number one, it depends on your budget. <laughs> um, it also depends on the uh, willingness of the artist. So, if there's, so I was a dual artist for many, many years. And because I don't have a team, I'm not interested in having a you know, team of people that pushing out there to cater to everybody. Um, I would have a limit to how many people I'll do. And I'll tell you what, it's got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where it was just bride only because I enjoy that more. That for me is just gorgeous. I like having that beautiful relationship with her. Um, we really get to know each other um, and she feels fully catered to by me and not rushed. So I'm not saying that having a dual artist is bad. I think it's great because I did it for many, many years and it's great to just deal with one person and not have to deal with two vendors. However, if your group size is pushing it and you need to check with the person that's or whatever their offer, their packages or offers are, um, you probably would want to go to two different. The the artist on the other end of it, the other artist, is also going to be appreciative because they only have yes. to bring one kit with them. <laughs> you know, having a dual artist is not cheaper because we bring twice the amount of stuff, we have twice the amount of organization, we have twice the preview time, we have twice everything. We have to think of two different Yes. They're two different things. So I think that dual artists work really well for small groups. So bride only or up to maybe two people extra, maybe. And I do a lot of elopements, so that happens often to me. But any more than plus two, I would say get one of each. That's a fantastic mm. tip. That's so good. And people always ask me as the photographer, because normally I'm helping with timelines, I cannot tell you how long your makeup artist and your hairstylist will take to do your face and your hair. Ask them. They will tell you the time that they Thank need you, and how this long it will great. take. And I just say, I need you ready by this time to get in your dress. And you have to figure that out with them because it's their job. They're the only people that can tell us that information. Yeah. So with that as well, when you're um, writing your schedule for the day, which you can start that early if you like, but it's going to change. Like just be open to the fact that it's going to change. Um, you leave the morning section out and don't write anything. And then just your hair or makeup artist is going to write a schedule for how they need things done. It may not be, you know, Sarah at this time, or it might not be super personalized, but it's, at any level, it's going to have your timeframes, 
approximate time frames, everybody, because we don't always get to see all of the bridesmaids' hair, for instance, um, ahead of time. Hair is the major one. Makeup's usually sort of the same amount of time. It's almost exactly on time. Hair can be different because someone could turn up with super unprepped hair, and I can go into that in a minute, um, and that is just added an hour to your morning, and then everybody's stressed out. So it's really important to... Um, yeah. Yeah. Ask... Okay. Ask, yeah, just ask for that <laughs> timeline from them. And if they're a professional, they will yes, give it yes, to you. Yes, that's right. So, so yeah. yes, no, they 100% yes. have to. They have to. I mean, I used to be sort of pretty easy going with it. I was happy to work in with, but when I say work in, I, I still expect that morning segment. We are going to wrap up our episode there just as we are getting to the nitty gritty details. So mean. So be sure to check back in next week for our second part of the hair and makeup episodes. (laughs) 